This is The Art of Being You, and I'm Rachel Wortman. This podcast brings you inspiration, insights, and practical tools to help you become more like Jesus. Get ready to embrace who God has created you to be. I've got a great episode in store for you today, so without further ado, here is The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. And I am so glad to have you here with us today. Hey, I didn't mention this last week, but I wanted to let everybody know a couple of things. Number one, my new book, Goodness Culture, uh, is available on Amazon and Audible now. And uh, so that's exciting. So we launched this book in April and a lot of people had said, well, why aren't you selling on Amazon? And we made a deliberate choice to sell it in-house for the first several months. And so the time has come to put it out there uh, on Amazon. You can buy Kindle, paperback, or listen to it on Audible. Um, And I think you're going to like it. We've had a lot of great feedback from that book. And also, I wanted to just do another quick teaser for our new mentoring group that's coming this fall, probably. uh, I don't have the exact date on it yet, called Phoebe and Friends. And Phoebe and Friends is a group for women of purpose, women who love leadership, women who love vision, who love to make an impact where they are. Uh, it's a mentoring group. There are monthly, uh, you know, specific coaching calls. There's Q&A times. There's ministry moments for you, uh, resources, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be amazing. And if you want to be one of the first to know about it, Wow, I said that so fast. If you want to be one of the first to know it, know about it, make sure you're on my email list, which you can get at rachelwartman.com. And right on the homepage, there's a little box where you can put your email address in and sign up for that. All right, so today we're talking about uh, a topic that I threw out on Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, uh, it's a great way to kind of get a feel for where the podcast is going. At times, we throw out polls or get you guys opportunity to give some input. And so a few months ago, I did a poll about friendships and specifically asking, you know, are you guys interested in a podcast talking about what happens when you and a friend break up? friendship breakups. And a lot of you uh, voted and said yes. And so this is your episode. Here's something I did not know about adulthood. I did not know it would be so hard to make friends as an adult. And I didn't know how painful it would be when those friendships die. I just, you know, when you're young and you're in a school environment, a lot of your friendships are by proximity. You just become friends with the people on your team, the people in your grade, the people in your class, maybe the people in your youth group, you know, your small group, whatever. And you don't put a lot of thought into the type of person you want to be a friend with. It just sort of naturally happens. Then when you get to college, it gets a little bit harder, right? Because whether you're living on campus, off campus, whether you're doing online school, whatever, it's a little bit harder to feel connected. And then when you graduate college, there is this vacuum of relationship where all of a sudden you're trying to figure out how am I going to meet people? right? How am I going to meet people to be friends with? I mean, there's no proximity-based relationships really anymore. People at work want to be your friend at work, but they want to leave work there. They don't want to be your friend at home. People at church, you know, it just is very hard. And uh, depending on when you have kids and all of that, I just distinctly remember being in my mid-20s and thinking, I never knew it would be this hard to have friends or to make friends or to keep friends. And now at this point in my life, in my late 30s, I am realizing a couple of things about friendships. Number one, they're very hard to make as an adult. Number two, 
They're very hard to lose. And friendship breakups are a real thing. In fact, I've talked to quite a few people, even just over the last year, sharing stories and listening to the pain of somebody who was considered to be like a best friend who, you know, just isn't even in your life anymore. And I get it. And today we're going to talk about that. I think it's so painful because it almost feels like a betrayal or almost like abandonment, right? Where you've given like so much in confidence to this person. You've shared with them things that you really hope they don't share with other people. I follow a counselor on Instagram I really like. Uh, she's, I guess, more of a therapist than a counselor. And she had a, a statement a couple weeks ago, actually. And she said, "Here's a, it was a poll on her page. She said, do you believe that if you are no longer friends with somebody, you should still keep their secrets that they confided into, into you? And I thought that was a really interesting question. Do you think it's okay or should you still keep the secrets of a person who confided into you when you were friends, but they're no longer in your life. And I'm going to pose that question to you today as well, because it goes with the theme that we're talking about. I'll give you my answer. I actually believe yes. I think from an integrity standpoint, when someone confides something in confidence, you should probably continue to keep that confidence, even if they've scorned you, hurt you, left you, because that's more about you and your character than it is about them. But I want to like make sure everybody knows this. And if you've listened to the podcast before, I think there might even be a full episode about this from a couple years ago. Everything has a life cycle in this world. Everything. Everything has a beginning and an ending date. And, you know, in some things that ending date may be upon death, right? But everything has a life cycle. And a wise man told us once that, you know, biblically speaking, seven years is a very normal pattern life cycle in people's lives. So he said, if you are talking to somebody at a job, you'll find that about seven years is the length of time that somebody can serve someone else's vision without serving their own. Uh, This echoes back to the Jacob story in the Bible, right? Jacob works for seven years to try to earn the right to marry Rachel, and he's bamboozled. He wakes up with Leah, and he has to work another seven years to marry Rachel. So it's not to say that you only can do something for seven years before you have to have a change, but there's something about that seven-year time where at the seven-year point, you will need to re-up your commitment Uh, And it's very normal around the six to seven year mark to begin to wonder what else might be out there. Statistically speaking, seven years is about the average length of a marriage as well, which I think is kind of interesting because this sort of life cycle thing. Now, I'm not saying that's what it should be. I'm just saying it's what it is. There's something about the six to six year mark where people start to think maybe there's something better out there for me. And, you know, when they're married and they're not following Jesus or even if, you know, I'm talking about healthy marriages here. I'm not talking about situations of abuse or adultery, but healthy marriages, you know, uh, you really have to recommit around that seven year mark, because it's kind of interesting how your brain is like, you know what, I don't know how much longer I can live with whatever this is that you do that annoys me. And you got to re-up it. So in friendships, I think the life cycle thing plays as well, because I don't know if it's seven years, but there's something about certain friends that come into our lives for a season and others that come in for a lifetime. I think the friends that last a lifetime typically don't have as uh, close interweaving into our everyday lives as the ones that that um, 
that we, you know, lose over time. I think there's something really challenging about living life on a regular basis. I'm talking about like weekly or daily basis with somebody um, that's not your spouse or your family that really kind of creates that dynamic. So just some thoughts back there in the background before we dive into some of the specifics. Why does a life cycle matter in your friendship? Well, because all friendships have one. And that means that sometimes friendships are going to die. So I want to give you two signs to watch out for that could be indicators that your friendship with somebody is coming to a dangerous point where there needs to be some sort of change. Two things. Number one, you and that person are too close. Your lives are so intertwined that you almost lose your own identity. Um, you know, you might think to yourself, well, how can that happen? You know, especially for people who are married, you guys, it does, it does happen where you can have, um, your best friend and you're still married, you know, to your spouse and you and your best friend are talking every day and, you know, you go places together and you do all kinds of stuff together. I'm not talking about occasionally, I'm talking about all the time to where you kind of be known as a package deal, right? It's almost like uh, the work wife concept or whatever, where you're so close to somebody that there's a part of your life that loses its own like individuality. It loses its own uh, autonomy and it starts being meshed with somebody else. If you're somebody that would say, yeah, that's me, that's, that's me. You know, I'm like that with this friend or that friend. I just want to make that like a little caution moment, you know, like think about that because what happens is over time when you lose your identity like that, eventually you're going to want it back or they are going to want it back. And then the only option is to have a pretty difficult conversation. So I think we have to have a little bit of balance and understand, um, yeah, just be aware, you know, the second one, and this one's a pretty significant red flag as well, signs to watch out for that your friendship's going away. It shouldn't. When you are too opinionated about them and their life, as if it's your own life, right? As if the decisions that they're making are decisions that you would or would not make. I think this is kind of what happens when relationships become codependent as well. But when you care that much about somebody and that's your friend, um, you need to really kind of step back and ask yourself some questions about that because y- you you might have some motivating factors in there that are not all healthy. You know, um, I know at times I've kind of felt this way where I'm like I have been very I don't know that I've ever said it, but in my mind, I've been very controlling about what people have Uh, what they think, what they do in their free time, who they hang out with, whatever. And usually it's because I am feeling myself threatened, right? Where I'm like, well, I don't really like that. And so if you do that, you might go away from me and I need this relationship in my life. That's always a red flag indicator that something is off in that dynamic because we're created to be individuals. And even though some of my best friends might know me so well, they, they're not God, right? And so there's going to be times where God is speaking something that's different than what they are hearing or seeing. And we have to have an understanding in our relationship that we're going to go with God first. <laughs> and we're going to do that where we're all supportive and encouraging of one another, even if it's like something we would never do, right? So two signs to watch out for being too close, like you are losing your personal individuality in that relationship. And number two, you're too opinionated about their life. If you have had in the last few months a situation where somebody close to you has done something that you felt like um, was personally offensive to you, but it wasn't about you. 
Does that make sense? So it wasn't that they did it to you. It's just a decision they made in their life. And all of a sudden you're like, why did you do that? I wouldn't have done that. Maybe you're pressuring them to make a different decision. Danger, danger, Will Robinson, you know, or Star Trek fans, shields up, red alert. That is a sign that something is going on. Why does this matter? Well, the Bible says that the two become one and those two are husband and wife, right? That's who becomes one. Everybody else outside of that relationship is not one with you, not your parents, not your kids, not your friends. And we have to respect people's individuality in that way. So um, a couple of years ago, I kind of crashed and burned in a friendship of mine, and it was extremely painful on a number of levels. And on the heels of it, you know, I was asking the Lord, I said, God, I really need some help because I've been burned before. You know, I've had quite a few friends in my life where the relationship has come to an end and it came to a messy end, right? Where it was like, it wasn't just like you kind of drifted apart and didn't catch up on each other. It was like something was said that was really hurtful to me. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't want to go through this again. You know, I don't want to love people and invest my life into people. If only I'm just going to be hurt every couple of years. I don't even know how to trust new people coming into my life because if I like them and I think, oh, you know, you'd be fun to hang around. How do I know they're not going to do it to me too? I'm the kind of person who loves very deeply. I care very deeply. And so everything I'm sharing with you today are specific things that I personally have had to learn for my own well-being, for my own peace of mind, because I'm the kind of person who takes it really hard when friendships end. Um, and I have all of my life. And so, yeah, so I ended up finding this book a couple weeks after that prayer, um, a lady that I follow on Instagram, that's been a huge source of encouragement for me. And I really enjoyed following her. She posted this book and it's called relational intelligence. And when I saw the cover of this book, I heard the Holy spirit say to me, you better buy that. <laughs> you better buy that book. So I downloaded it on Audible and wowzer, it revolutionized my life. And I want to share a little bit. I'm sure I've talked about this in the podcast before, but I want to share a little bit about why this book is so helpful, specifically with friendships. In this book, the author Darius Daniels talks about three types of relationships that we have in our adult life and why we need to be okay with categorizing everybody in our life in one of these three ways, okay? Here's what they are. Number one, mentors, people who are investing in you, people who you are receiving something for your growth or your you know stage of life from. Number two, assignments people who you are investing something into. Assignments are people who can, he uses the phrase, the spirit of friendliness. He doesn't mean that in like a, you know, demonic spirit kind of way, but like in an atmosphere or a vibe of friendship, meaning we can feel like friends, but I know that we are not friends because I'm here to impart something into your life. And then the third category are true friends and true friends are people who have to meet these criteria. And I think I'm leaving some out. So you'll have to listen to the book for yourself. But number one, true friends are never jealous of you. True friends don't actually need anything from you. They enjoy being around you. So when I read this book, I was like, when I got to those two, I'm like, well, shoot, I don't even know if I have any friends. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know if I have any friends that meet this category because the bar was so high. I'm thinking, you know, in all of my relationships, there's always there's usually some type of like it's not necessarily jealousy, but like, oh, I wish I was like that or I wish I was like that kind of component. And so I thought, well, what would it look like to have friends who I didn't feel that way about? 
I can't even imagine that, right? And I know there's other criteria, but we'll just leave it for those two. So these three categories, assignments, mentors, and friends, and here's the understanding. People who you are assigned to, that has a lifespan on it. It has a life cycle on it. Sometimes people who you're assigned to can become friends. It is possible, but it's not common. Most of the time when we are in proximity to somebody and we are, especially if you're a leader or a small group leader or anything like that, you are imparting something into their life, be it encouragement, accountability, understanding about the Bible, whatever, you know, um, even understanding about their own person, their personality, encouragement, et cetera. When you are in that type of a dynamic, it's not really a real friendship. You can be friendly with the person. For me, all the people who are assignments in my life, I love being around them. So that's actually not the case, right? The people who are assignments in my life, I enjoy them. I want to go hang out with them and do friendship type activities with them. But I know in the back of my mind, they're not exactly friends because they need something from me. Does that make sense? And so as long as they need something from me, there's a life cycle attached to that relationship. And if there's a life cycle attached to that relationship, then I want to watch for the red flags of becoming too close and losing our individuality or becoming too opinionated about their life as if what they do is a direct reflection on me. I hope this is hitting some of you guys like it hit me because what I realized was I had assumed all the people I was assigned to in my life were my friends. And so when they would have, you know, their fill of whatever it was I had to offer, they would go move on some, some with happy, you know, sort of like, oh, God's calling me to something else. If I run into you, it'll be great. And others with like a, I don't want to receive from you anymore kind of pain. Regardless, the assignments are designed to grow out, to outgrow you to grow beyond what you can put into them so that they can go, you know, to somebody else who can impact them. This was a couple of years ago. And since I learned this, I am really diligent now to be mindful about this. And specifically for me, and you might have a different take on it, but specifically for me, before I, in my own mind, consider somebody a friend, I'm looking at this criteria because my life is really wide, right? And we have a we have a business with 350 plus real estate agents in it. We have other businesses. We've got a staff of, you know, over a dozen. We've got uh, church life and all kinds of relationships related to church. Then we've got our kids, friends and their parents. And so I have a lot of different people that I interact with in my life. And what I realized was if I can be honest with myself about why we're in proximity together, I actually can avoid so much pain down the line. There's a lot of people who I really enjoy being around them, but I probably wouldn't even consider them a friend. Why? Because we're not at the place where I could share my true self and walk away knowing you're not judging me, you're not changing your opinion about me, you're just there to be a supportive voice. In the book, he actually says, in all honesty, most of us probably only have three to five true friends. And so if you're looking and you're like me and you're going, well, shoot, I don't have any friends either. It's okay. We're not supposed to have a whole bunch. You can have people in your life that you're investing into that are friend friendly and you know, and you enjoy being around them and they're around you a lot. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but the relational intelligence thing is such a big deal when we talk about breaking up with friends because the betrayal that it feels when you're like, man, I've shared my life with you, you know, and, and, and it's like, and now you just want nothing to do with me. I feel that. 
And I want to encourage you to do a couple of things. Number one, evaluate the loneliness in your heart. Because a lot of us believe sort of wrongly, I think, that the anecdote to loneliness is uh, more deep friendships, as if one friend can replace another friend in your life. And I think the anecdote to loneliness is more connection to the Holy Spirit. Yes, we need people in our life and it absolutely helps to have community and you need that. But ultimately, if you're really feeling lonely, I want to encourage you to spend more time with Jesus and let Jesus and his presence help absorb that loneliness because then you begin to realize that you're not alone, that he's with you. And, And then we begin to see the people that he brings into our life as gifts, not potential threats. Another thing you've got to do is you got to learn to forgive them, you know, and to, we talked about this last week to bless them and to move on to, to forgive, to bless, to move on, because it's okay that people decide they outgrow you or they just aren't interested in who you are. It doesn't always mean that something's wrong with you. It doesn't mean that something's broken in you. It's actually just the way the world works. And so I think sometimes when we begin to realize this, we can keep our hand open for new relationships instead of keeping it closed, trying to hold on to old ones, which also keeps us from receiving the new ones that God wants to bring in. Good friends help so much. Good people in our life help so much, but we want the people in our life that God is bringing in, right? That's who we want. And we want to be honest that when we have people in our life that that we have something to impart to them and we are they're like assignments to us, we want to keep that boundary there a little bit, right? So I share a lot of my life with the quote assignments. I never even say it to their face. Like several of you listening to this are probably like, yep, that's me. I'm one of her <laughs> assignments. And that's fine. And that's true. But I love them. I love being around them. I love sharing my heart with them. I love opening my life so they can learn from it. But I know that I'm also keeping a little guard over the inner part of myself because I know that these relationships come with a, a I don't want to say an expiration date, but like a time limit, right? They come with a life cycle and I need to respect that and I need to be okay with that. And when I can sort of adjust the boundaries of my own internal world, then I can have such better relationships. And I'll tell you, the last couple of years since I read this book and have been practicing these things, my life has been so much more full, so much more uh exciting. I've had so many more people in my life that I truly enjoy being around and I'm staying sane. And that's the best part. I also was able to really evaluate and say, okay, who do I want to be a true friend to me, you know, and really begin to go out and build those relationships, which has been hugely endearing as well. A little bit of trial and error, but also hugely endearing. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. My main goal today is really just to give you courage that you can move past when you experience a breakup with a friend and make you feel a little bit less alone because a lot of us are going through that and it's super, super painful. One last pro tip for you, go ahead and just, you know, mute them or unfollow them on social media. If you've come to a hard end and they just do not want you to be in their life anymore, you can hide their posts and and not feel like you need to be Um, aware of every single thing they're doing in their life and drudging up that pain in you again. You know, do what you need to do. All right, you guys, until next time, be blessed. You've just listened to another episode of The Art of Being You. My goal is to empower you to embrace the goodness of God over your life and step into that abundant life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And did I mention that I'd love to connect with you? Find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rachel Wartman and on TikTok at the Rachel Wartman. 
You can find more resources, including my books and other teachings at rachelwartman.com.